Up next, Chainsaw Safety. Welcome to the Handy Guys Podcast, a podcast for handy guys from handy guys. Here are the handy guys themselves, Brian and Paul. So, Brian, this is the time of year where we start hearing about lightning storms and soon hurricane season. Yep. And, of course, that means trees tumbling down, and it means oftentimes inexperienced tree cutters <laughs> or people with uh, sharp tools, specifically chainsaws, out cutting trees. That's right. You know, you can get your chainsaw for, for like 100 bucks at the home center and do quite a bit of damage with it. Yeah, you can you buy a chainsaw and it does it comes with instructions of some sort or safety, you know, a safety manual, but it doesn't come with lessons. No. And um, as we learned when we were down at Husqvarna last year, uh, they had one of their experts or chainsaw experts, and he was very concerned about that that sort of thing happening when you have hurricanes and you have all mm-hmm. these people that want to help, but That's uh, right. That's oftentimes right. can uh, cause more damage to themselves or to someone else. You know, I have a lot of uh, first and, and near firsthand stories, and you know, we'll keep this show on an upbeat note, <laughs> so I won't go into to those details that we talked about right before we started recording. But let's say that um, uh, chainsaws can kill and uh, can lead to death. So be very careful and follow all the safety precautions and use common sense. And there's no way we can cover every aspect of chainsaw safety or technique in this show. Yeah, we or can't even cover or, technique yeah. here. Uh, right. Let's just talk we're about not, safety. Right. So we're really going to be talking about some of the major safety aspects, but technique is part of safety. It, so, it absolutely is. And, um, and we'll refer to a couple of techniques right. for, for safe stuff. So we can't cover it all. You need to consult your manual. This is one of the most dangerous tools there is. And I would recommend that you get a, you know talk to someone who is an expert with chainsaws. Find somebody who's good with it and learn from them. That's right. Yeah, don't go at it uh, alone your first time. All right, so let's give out our contact information. All right, just go to our website, www.handyguyspodcast.com. You can fill out the contact form if you have any questions, comments, suggestions. And, of course, you can subscribe on your iTunes, uh, your mobile phone, your Android device, and all of that where you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Got a project on your honeydew list? Let the handy guys know about it, and they may talk about it on their next podcast. So where do we begin, Brian, when we are looking at safety, specifically in regards to chainsaws? You know, in the motorcycle world, there's a there's a school of thought, and they have an acronym for it. I'll see if I can get it right. But But the wording is all the gear, all the time. So what's that work out to an acronym? You see the guys in motorcycle forums use that acronym, whatever it is. All A-T-G-A-T-T. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but they write that in these web forums when they're talking about the gear. Right. On motorcycles, it's, you know, helmet and jacket and boots and gloves right. and so forth. But with chainsaws, it's the same kind of thing. Personal protective equipment. So you're going to want to have, if you're doing overhead work, a helmet. But if you're doing just ground work, eye protection, ear protection, boots, and gloves. And if you can get a hold of a pair of chaps as well that are made for chainsaw use, get them. Or at the very least, 
jeans, heavy work pants, something like but that. But the chaps will actually prevent damage to your legs if the blade were actually to hit. They, they can prevent. They would minimize. Let's you know. Let's not lo- use any absolutes. Right, here, but right? they they can prevent it if if they work correctly and That's all right. those fibers clog up the chain. They can actually prevent it. But you're right. That's you, you, don't wanna, you don't want to. You don't want to count on them. <laughs> <laughs> right, because your chainsaw should never come that close right. to your leg. But if it does, those chaps can save a leg. And I know that when we were at Husqvarna, the eye protection, we had goggles and a mask so that chips weren't hitting your face and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So you can get this whole like mesh face mask, uh, face shield. And those are real nice because sometimes you don't want to be wearing safety glasses because they fog up. So so those mesh masks, face masks are are really nice and they're cooler than uh, wearing glasses. So... That may be an option. And you can get those with a helmet and ear protection all in one little kit for, you know, 20, 30 bucks, something like that. Yeah, they're not that expensive. So uh, that's definitely a good way to go. Okay. So the you have to have the right equipment. Um, yeah, absolutely. Th- those chaps, I don't know how much they are, but we were wearing them. Right. We, we look like cowboys. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, I've... I, I've always worn long pants, boots, gloves, ear protection, and eye protection. I never owned a pair of chaps before uh, Husqvarna gave us some. And, um, and I haven't used them in a production environment, you know, while I'm out in the field with the chainsaw. But down at Husqvarna, certainly wore them. And, uh, and they make actual, actual pants, too, that you can wear yeah, if you're really yeah. used, doing a lot instead yeah. of the chaps. They're just regular-looking, vinyl, kind of yeah. looking... Uh, parachute pants, sort of, from back <laughs> in the day. Um, but they are they have the protective element to them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it for the personal protective equipment. Okay. The next category of chainsaw safety would be machine safety gear. Make sure that that's operational. Oh, right. So you have your, your, your uh, saw itself is in good shape. You're not bringing That's out right. a rusty uh, saw or something and trying Right. To... So all modern saws will have a blade break mm-hmm. so that if there is a kickback situation in some circumstances, the inertia of that kickback or the placement of your hand against a, a kickback lever will cause the blade to stop. And also there's a loose chain catcher so if the chain comes off of the bar that it will hit this uh this little chain catcher instead of coming back quite as much towards you right and the break i remember um when we were at Husfarn again um trying out their different saws they uh there's a technique to you know getting the, the saw started. You have to yeah. get the brake in a certain position. And, and different brands of saws have different types of brakes, and they're operated differently. So you really need to know how your saw is operated and being careful when you're just borrowing someone's saw or something like right. that, then you need, really need to learn it. That's right. And all the modern saws, anyway, you can start with the blade brake engaged. Mm-hmm. That was always a problem with an older earlier generation saws that had blade breaks is you couldn't start them with the blade break engaged. You had to start them on full throttle, which is a, a little bit of a safety issue. So the modern saws, they've improved that. So that's a, that's a good safety feature. So make sure the chainsaw is in good working order and that you know how 
to operate it, where all the controls are and stuff like that. Now, when you say it's in good working order, does that mean what, what all, I assume that includes keeping the blade sharpened? You know, um, that's a whole nother category right. of things. Okay. And, and we can go into that right now. You're absolutely right. Um, a dull blade on a chainsaw is more dangerous than a sharp blade. So, and the reason for that is the blade, a, a dull blade tends to kick back more. You've got to exert more force to try to make a cut. Right. And, and therefore, you're, you're getting in more awkward positions and so forth. So a sharp blade is critical. Also, a blade that's properly lubricated will stay sharp longer. So make sure your blade oiler is working correctly. Um, there are things called depth gauges on the blade that control how much wood the blade will cut at a time. And if those depth gauges are not filed correctly, then either you're taking too little or too much off. And if you're taking too much off, then you're also going to potentially cause kickback. And do you know what kickback is, Paul? Yeah, it's yeah. Why don't you tell everyone what kickback is? If they don't well, know. the blade pops back at you. It's, right, it hits hits something, and or it gets bound. It binds or you well, know, yeah. It's it's when it pops. But back. usually it so, pops right back to you. Hit right. a knot or something. And, right, and so the whole saw is coming towards your face. Right, essentially the whole blade is coming up all, out of the area where you're working and coming towards you, and that's a, a very very dangerous condition. And that's when the break is supposed to. Stop the blade from spinning, right? Right, but it depends how you're holding it right. as well, if that will happen or not. So uh, you want to make sure that your your blade is sharp, that it's properly tensioned. So if it's not properly tensioned, it can come off of the, the bar and come back at you and cause, you know, so, take off your hand or something. So someone either pulls out an old saw or someone is, you're, you're in a situation where you're, you have trees down in your yard and a neighbor lends you a saw. How do they determine? I guess the first thing is they probably shouldn't be using it if they haven't, they, they don't know. I mean, how do you know if it's sharp enough? I mean, what's Sure. Well, I mean, you can inspect the blade if it's rusty and, right. and you That's can feel obvious. the teeth on it. And, and if it's not sharp, like... So, so it takes some experience to know what a sharp blade feels like. Well, everyone knows what, you know, I mean, you know the difference between a butter knife and a steak knife, right? right? Between a, a sharp pocket knife and a, uh, I don't know. A dull pocket knife. A dull pocket knife, right? I do. Right. Yeah. So, um, But I don't know if I would be obvious to me what a sharp, I mean, how sh so the blade is that sharp? It's like a knife? Absolutely. The, the edges should be sharp Absolutely. like a knife? Okay. Absolutely. Sharp right. like a knife. Like sharp like it can draw blood. If you put your you know finger, rub your okay. finger across it. Right. Yes, it should be that sharp. So <clears throat> if it's not, then it needs to be sharp. All right. And there's a whole that could be a whole show sure. on sharpening. So we're not going to get into that here, but it needs to be sharp and it needs to be tensioned properly. Okay. And the chain, there are there are two different kinds of there's a bunch of different kinds of chains, but basically they fall into two categories. Safety chains and non-safety chains. So why would you ever want a non-safety chain, right? But what they have is this extra link in them that will prevent the saw from driving too aggressively into the wood. Hmm. And all of the saws you find at Home Depot and Lowe's and True Value and Ace and wherever, 
most of those saws that you're going to buy there on the lower end mm -hmm. are all going to come with safety chains. In fact, some of those stores may only sell safety chains. Right. And it'll say right on there, safety chain. Or if you look, there's a cutter link and then this extra link with a, a little bump in it. And then a cutter link. And so I assume a that that obviously is there for safety to keep you going from too fast, but the pros probably don't like it because they want to move right. faster, right? That's right. Yeah. So yeah, the pro saws and the pro cutters will have these non-safety chains. Okay. And you would probably only find them at uh, the, the stores that sell. To landscapers uh, yeah, and stuff like, like that. Dedicated chainsaws, right. one mower stores. Or if you like. have a, you know, let's say you have a saw like the Husqvarna, Husqvarna 372 XP, which <laughs> is like the the granddaddy of the saws, right? So that saw probably came with a safety chain, but nobody put safety chains on it. So you got to know what you're doing. If so you're it must not, not be very safe. <laughs> right. So the safety chains are good for those that are beginners or, you know, start starting a out. Absolutely. Okay. But they can be a little frustrating once you've gotten a lot of experience and let's say you're cutting every week. Let's say you're heating your house with wood and you're constantly doing cutting and you're really familiar with the saw, then you're going to want to look at getting uh, more of a professional level chain. Okay. All right. So what else? Uh, the tension, the sharpness... So you need a saw that's in good order. You that's need, right. If you don't know what it, that means, you should have someone who does look over the saw right. that you're going to be using. And most of these companies will have the owner's manuals for the saws online. Yeah. So if you can get online, <laughs> pull up the manual. Like before we did this show, Paul, I pulled up the owner manual, owner's manual for my saw just to refer to a couple things. So I wasn't doing it off the top of my head. And you can do that with most brands, I think. So before, right. even if you borrow a saw or rent a saw uh, – Get the owner's manual and read through it. Um, fuel safety. Mm. That's, you know, with anything. With fresh any fuel. Yeah. Fresh fuel is going to help with, you know, the operation of the saw and the longevity of the saw. But it's all the normal safety precautions with storing fuel, handling fuel. You know, you're not smoking while you're filling <laughs> it up. and and uh, Or while yeah. you're using it. <laughs> <At all>. Exactly. Because <laughs> you, need, you need both hands on the saw. Okay. Um, starting it. Uh, I remember one time, Brian, you were. We, it took us all day to get a saw started. <laughs> you remember that saw? Yeah. That that was not a Husqvarna saw. No, it was an old craftsman saw. That uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, a very old one, because that was probably what twenty years ago, t t maybe even yeah. more. Right. Um, and that saw was probably 10, 20 years old. Yeah. So if the saw doesn't start right away, um, you know, after an hour of messing with it, it's probably not the right saw to use right. for the job. It probably needs to go into the shop. I mean, that's a sign that it's not been maintained too. That's right. It's been sitting around it. You know, we've both used well-maintained saws and they typically just go, if it's a good brand, they're, they're not that hard to start. Right. They typically just work. But uh, but you're right. If it's been sitting around with old gas in it for a year, it's probably not going to start, especially the new gas with ethanol. And that's a whole other show. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about ethanol today. <laughs> um, but starting it, essentially, um, people used to do what's called a drop start. Right. Where essentially they would be 
you know, carrying the, you know, holding the saw in one hand, be walking towards the job and, and pull the starter rope as they're walking. No, the saw is on the ground. The blade break is engaged. If the saw has the ability to start with the blade break engaged, follow the instructions for starting the saw, but it's on the ground and you have a foot in the handle. There's no children in the right. near vicinity or, right. other, or other people. Right. Yeah. So you've got your, your foot in the handle, you've got a, a hand on the other handle, yeah. and then you, you start it that way. You're not, you're not just drop starting it while, right. you're, while you're walking to what you're trying to cut. And then where you're cutting is very important. You want to make sure you have an escape route. Hmm. In other words, you should have about six or eight feet clear in any direction from where you're working. And I'm not talking about just felling trees. I'm talking about if you're in a pile, let's say you've got a down tree and you're in there and you just start cutting, you're cutting limbs and you're, you want to cut and then clear or have someone right behind you, not right next to you, but someone clearing so that you always have a path of escape in case something comes falling back at you or springing back up hmm. towards you. Right. Because, uh, so they, they call that your escape path. You right. want to be able to get, get back. Or even if it's just, I've had this happen where you, you step on a, hive of yellow jackets and then they're swarming everywhere, right? right? While I'm out there with the chainsaw working on something, if I didn't have that escape route, I might be tripping backwards and falling over branches and stuff. So you don't want to have that okay. all around your feet. As is you're, as you're is it route or route? <laughs> Come on, Paul. What I don't know. What did I say? Did you I said say, both. Uh, did I say about route, route, router, rotor, router, router? All right, so an escape route. Escape so all these route. things are sort of common sense. You know, you need to make sure you're staying clear. But the other thing, Brian, I, I think that is the hardest thing, and there's no way we can cover it on this show, is just to understand how to cut trees, mm-hmm. to understanding when trees are, when a tree is in a dangerous position, what part of a tree you should be cutting in the first place, or limb that's, that's down, right. and knowing where to start, and right. that sort of thing. Because if you start in the wrong spot, you can create a more dangerous situation. Absolutely. And you can there's cause a- things to spring back and right they call them the widow widow maker where you've got one piece of tree caught into another piece of tree exactly or something under tension like you said because a tree is sprung over because another tree is laying on top of it those are the hardest situations it's common sense it's experience and it's just looking at the situation especially in storm damage paul you know in the owner's manual they should have some guides and techniques and so forth but let's say there's a tree that that's laying on the ground and it's got a little bit of a curve to it, mm-hmm. right? You're going to cut at the top. Generally speaking, you're going to cut at the top of that curve because that's, it's not going to be closing up onto the blade. It's going to be opening up the cut as you're making the cut. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So that's normally what you're looking for. Because you're trying not to bind the you're blade. You're trying not to bind or pinch yeah. the blade. So you're always looking for the technique or the cut that's going to not cause a binding of the blade. And the binding of the blade is where that cut closes up yep. from the weight and pinches your blade, pinches your bar, stops the saw, and then you're dead in the water. So, But I've encountered a situation, in fact, I have a picture of it, where we made that cut and where you would think it would normally go. It's sort of at the top of that arc. And the saw binded up. 
what the heck? Why did it do that? So we got another saw and we started cutting from the bottom, opposite of where you'd think. And that saw binded up. It was very strict. How could both bind up? Well, what had happened, this was a stor- in storm damage right after Hurricane Katrina, and the tree had actually twisted oh, okay. and then bent. So it was getting not only pressure on the top and the Oof. bottom, but also laterally. So it right. actually took a third saw in there to, to finish making that cut. How do you finish get those saws out otherwise? Well, I mean, you can try pulling it out, right? Sometimes you can just, you shut the saw off and you can pull it straight toward you. Uh, And sometimes you'll be able to pull it out of that, out of that bind situation if there's not too much weight and too much pressure on it. All right. So sometimes that can ruin the, um, the bar. It can pinch, pinch the bar closed around your blade and then you're done. The other thing is when do you do, uh, there's all different kinds of cuts and there's wedges and that's all right. sorts of things. I guess we just can't cover that. But yeah, that, we can't that get into some all training. You need to learn. You just shouldn't be right. going in and cutting huge trees or limbs without some experience and some knowledge. That's right. These guys that fell trees for a living, you know, we're talking about taking a you know a proper tree and and dropping it to the ground. They can drop it on a dime yeah. from. Uh, you know, even if it's leaning one way, without ropes and rigging, they can make it drop the the opposite right. direction in a with, lot of cases. With wedges and whatever. And yeah. Just know-how. Just know-how. Yeah. And in the technique of the cut, cut will yeah. cause it to to lean and, and fall the opposite direction. Right. So that's how they – one of the ways they can work around – you know, buildings and power lines All right. and things like that. So there's some basic safety. Uh, usually, I imagine want to start out with smaller types mm-hmm. of limbs and things. Don't and go smaller in smaller saws. Yeah, and you really need it, it's a really a tool that requires experience and and working your way up and not just going after yeah. something. So it takes a lot of knowledge before you start using it. It's right. not something you should just go and pick up and just. Although I love my big saw. I mean, <laughs> that thing cuts fast. I can cut yep. a 22 inch log in, you know, under 15 seconds. Right. It's awesome. Okay. That's not your first saw. Yeah. So be careful out there. If you are in a situation where you've lost power and you have trees all over the yard, um, you don't want to make a bad situation worse. Right. And hey, if your power's out and you got any questions for the handy guys and you're listening to us on your cell phone, give us a call. Our phone number's on our webpage uh, on our contact form. All right, that's all we have this time on Saw Safety. Uh, We'll see you or talk to you next time. See ya. The Handy Guys will be back next week. Same handy time, same handy website.